the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Did they impeach him yet? Well, I did a very smart thing today. I avoided the impeachment circus like the plague. I went out of my way not to watch it. It was on every network, so I switched to a discussion on MLB.com about whether the Astros should be penalized for stealing signs back in 2017 during the World Series, which I don't really care all that much about either, but it wasn't as annoying as the hearings would have been. I did hear some sound bites, and all they did was convince me that I made the right decision. It's a circus, a gigantic waste of time. Nothing new is going to come out of the hearing, and whatever happens, the trial in the Senate is dead on arrival. It's all so predictable. We had two and a half years of Russia collusion, and it was all so predictable, and it turned out to be a gigantic waste of time. So if you want to get right down to the nub of what this is all about, you really don't have to spend hours or minutes. You're never going to get back listening to or watching these hearings. Congressman Al Green, a Democrat, summed it up a long time ago. The reason the Democrats are working toward impeaching President Trump, pretty simple. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. Well, the election is 11 months away. Uh, the campaign will be a circus, too. But it's, it's just not going to be as predictable. You know what else is predictable, though? All the networks except Fox saying that today was a bad day for Donald Trump. It's the beginning of the end of his presidency. And they'll all be wrong because the regular human beings, you know, the ones who don't work in the media or host talk shows, they're going to be tuning this out. They want a wake-up call for next August. That's when they'll start paying attention to the uh, election, when the Democrats finally have a candidate. One of the lunatics is going to end up with a, a spot for the nomination at some point. When we come back, we're going to talk about something completely different. A coach gets sued for telling a kid to slide into third base. Much more interesting than impeachment. Stick around. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRSPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Not only do we have great grills, but also the best hot patio heaters. We are the nationwide distributor for Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters, the very best patio heater that you can get. The Bromic heaters use the same radiant burner technology as our Solaire Infrared Grills, so they heat up fast and keep you warm so you can enjoy your backyard grill and outdoor living spaces into the night and all year round. Bromic heaters have stylish contemporary designs that fit perfectly in backyard and restaurant patios. We have gas and electric models to suit most installation needs and a portable gas heater that directs the heat where you want it, not the bushes and walls like the mushroom heaters. For top quality performance and aesthetics, you want Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters and Solaire Infrared Grills. Learn about these amazing grills and heaters at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. 
besthotgrill.com. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for another year? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year, and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality, with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. That's MarleyFG.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. So it's a high school JV baseball game. You're an assistant coach. Your team's a fat. You're coaching third base, and a kid rounds second and heads to third. The ball's in left field. You give him the signal to slide. He slides. You get sued. How does that happen? Well, Steve Politi is a sports columnist for NJ Advanced Media, and he wrote a great piece about this. Steve joins us now. Steve, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So a kid slides into third base, and the coach who told him to slide, John Sook, gets sued. So what happened to the kid who slid, and how long after it happened was the suit filed? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he suffered a terrible injury. There's, there's no one that denies that. It was an ankle fracture that required five different surgeries. Uh, there was a fear of he, he might have to amputate his, his butt below his uh, leg. Uh, so yeah, and, and you know it was it was a terrible injury. The, the suit actually was filed, I believe, for the first time a couple years later, and then you know made it made its way through the legal system. Was tossed out once, was brought back in on appeal, and then finally this spring there was a trial. And was John Suck? Was he uh, shocked when when the suit finally showed up, or when they first tried to sue him uh, a couple years later? Did it come out of nowhere uh, for him? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. He, he he was blown away, you know. And I, I think he, he tells a story about being in his in his new school. Actually, moved to change jobs, and he was, you know, he got called down to the the main office, and and sure enough, the, there was the, the person from the insurance company in the school explaining to him what had happened. You know, that kind of set off a long legal odyssey for him, where he given depositions and and trying to explain this 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 fluke play that had happened years earlier, and uh, you know, until finally he ended up in a in a courtroom in New Jersey, sitting behind, sitting behind the witness stand. Now, before we go, where, where will uh, can people find this piece if they want to read it? Because uh, it's it's a good, long, detailed piece, and I and I don't think I'm going to do it as much justice as I'd like here talking to you. Where can they find the piece? <laughs> sure, I mean, it's tagged to the top of my Twitter profile, which is just Steve Politi, P L L I T I. Uh, or, uh, or you can go to, of course, go to ng.com, which is the website where it was published. Okay. So uh, were people surprised that this even made it to court? Very much so, yeah. And I, I, I think that was, that was the number one thing that, that people in the legal community had told me, that, they, that this should have been thrown out before it got that far. Uh, you know, and, and it was thrown out once, but uh, the lawyers who, who uh, represented the plaintiff were just excellent attorneys, and, and they, fought, they had fought it on appeal, uh, and it was brought back uh, on the grounds that, 
you know, it was improperly dismissed. It was dismissed as a negligence case, but not as a recklessness case. And those are two obvious different legal definitions of, you know, as far as what you can be held liable for. And recklessness is a higher bar that you have to clear. Uh, so they were, tr- they were saying that this coach uh, knew what the consequences were going to be for this kid, that they, they were putting him in, in, he was putting him in danger when he told them to slide and still did it. That was, that was the level that they had to reach in the courtroom that day. So what, what was it? Was it recklessness or negligence that they went after? Recklessness. Yeah, and that and that's the higher bar, um, as you said. So uh, they they have to they had to they in the courtroom it had to be an unbelievable scene. Um, you know, how did the plaintiffs portray Sook in in court? Yeah, they just I mean it was it was an unbelievable scene to describe. You know, seeing that the Pence Exhibit A is a ball field with with a crude drawing of a baseball field. I mean, just, just stuff like that that just kind of made you shake your head. But, yeah, he was portrayed as that he was uh, inattentive, he was looking the wrong way, that the, that they, there was no need for him to call the kid to slide because the, there was not going to be a play at third, and the game was a blowout. And when he did call for him to slide, he did so with the, with the kid too close to the bag, which – you know, he sh- that was she knew would have led to an injury. Or should have known would have led to an injury. Uh, you know, all sorts of all sorts of things like that. That you know, for a while I thought <laughs> just looking at the faces of the jury and that you know that that they had created enough confusion that this thing might uh, this thing might actually go the other direction. Yeah, they they were so uh, they were trying to say that in the with this kid barreling down toward third base after rounding second and a throw coming in from left field that uh, John Suck was supposed to be able to uh, say, well, I don't know, should I have this kid slide? Because, you know, he might get hurt, but, boy, we'd like to get him to third. So he's supposed to have that discussion in his head while that's happening, and then he was negligent or reckless, and worse, reckless for, for giving him the slide sign. That's exactly right. Yeah, not even just thinking should I, he was he, that he would be thinking, you know, haha! Oh my goodness, kid! You know, this 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 kid, this kid could get hurt doing this. I mean, he, that was that's what reckless is. So yeah, uh, that you know that his actions constituted a deliberate act that was that was likely to cause harm to this kid. Uh, did things ever get heated during the hearing? You know, there was one moment that it was it was amazing, and you know where the, uh, the the plaintiff's attorney with. with Suck on the stand. Plaintiff's attorney uh, had challenged some of his testimony, where he had said that he believed the safe a safe area to slide would be two feet from the bag uh, in a deposition. And, and the plaintiff's attorney walked up to within two feet of his face uh, and just, "Are you telling the jury now that this is a safe distance to slide?" And it was it was sort of a moment where you know I felt like I was watching a bad episode of Law and Order. To be honest with you, it was just a, it was a kind of surreal. Surreal thing, yeah, yeah. And we're talking about uh, John Sook is a young guy, and is this when when this happened, it was in his first year as a coach. Correct, the first game as a coach. Yeah, yep, uh, straight out of college. Yep. Uh, imagine starting your career as a coach, <laughs> and you know you're yeah. in a game, and it's a just an a, just an innocuous play at third base where a kid's going to either going to make it or he's not, and you tell him to slide. And your entire life has changed. For how many years was he involved in this? Yes, yeah, this, this went on for seven years. Yeah, this was, I mean, seven years, and the, the court costs eventually were, you know, 75, more than 75 grand, and that's not including, you know, the staff of the insurance, uh, the insurance company's legal team that, that worked on it. So, I mean, it was, it was quite, it was quite a lengthy process. But he, he, he fortunately did not have to worry about ever uh, paying money, right? The insurance company was he handling He did not. Correct. Um, correct. And and um, there, there was no video, which is surprising nowadays. I guess I think if it happened now, somebody in the stands would have been shooting it with a cell phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you know, a JV game in the middle of an afternoon. I don't know. There's not a lot of spectators for, for things like that, generally speaking. So yeah, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not that surprised. I guess. Okay. So how did the plaintiff's attorney describe uh, what happened to the jury? I mean, he 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 basically just said that this guy was. Reckless beyond means, and 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 it was he he's responsible for this kid never being able to play baseball again. That's it. that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was it was describing the actions that took place. That you know that that he, he was not he was not paying attention. He was looking in the wrong direction when the play came. He was looking at home plate instead of looking at 
uh, the runner coming, that the, the signal was late, and uh, that he that he knew that this this could lead to an injury. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was just portraying him as uh, as somebody who certainly uh, was unqualified, an idiot, or worse. We're talking to Steve Politi. He's a sports columnist at New NJ Advanced Media, um, and um, you you described the scene there that at the original when the hearing started when the when the trial started, you were the only spectator. Yeah, it was amazing, and I, you know, this is my first. I've I've been a sports writer for twenty five years. Yeah, I've never had to cover a trial before, so this was my first time in a courtroom and we're in a working capacity. Yeah, and when the judge said, when the judge said, "All rise," I was the only one who rose, and uh, it was amazing though because he was also the judge, and I don't know how closely you follow, you know, big big court cases, but the Jason Williams manslaughter, the basketball player for the Nets, who yeah, that was a was biggie. accused of. Yeah, he was the judge who handled that which was a court TV spectacle for uh, two months. So to kind of go from that scene where it was obviously one of the biggest trials in, in recent New Jersey history to, to having this one, it was quite, quite a switch. And what's amazing, Steve, is that um, attorneys don't take cases that they think they're going to lose. Uh, and the, these uh, people who took it, they must have known more than uh, most of the world because most people would have, I would think, that they would think that they would get laughed out of the courtroom. Or even a judge wouldn't even want to consider it. But it went as yeah, far it, as yeah. it did. I'm not sure about their motives. I know uh, they, uh, you know, they, and they're good attorneys. Again, they are good attorneys. Uh, they, they represented uh, one of the defendants in, in, in a case involving uh, bullying at Rutgers University that was very high profile. Uh, you know, I think their their sense was that it was it could have been a high damage case. Obviously, if if they ruled in favor of the plaintiff and and you applied the number of years left in his life uh, equation, you know, this could certainly be a seven figure payout. Uh, and I think they also they like the kid, as everybody does, and everybody feels sorry for the kid. Uh, and they also thought uh, that there was a chance here to set legal precedent that if they could, you know, if they did find. If the jury did find that the, that the, that the coach was negligent, well, that, that that opens the door. Obviously, as we talked before, to to a lot of other potential cases. I don't know um, how much you were able to get into this part of it, but um, in a courtroom, or if you were able to find out in any way. But do you, did you get the impression, at least, that the the kids' parents actually did really blame uh, Sook, or did they think? Well, it's too bad. We got to blame somebody. We're getting some money out of this. I think they do think that uh, that the coach. Uh, you know, I don't. I didn't ask him directly if it's yeah. negligent, reckless, or whatever. But I think they do think the coach was to blame for what happened here. That he that he did not. Uh, he was not prepared. He didn't handle the slide well. But also, there is yes, there's an element that you know. They believe that uh, the school the school district did not handle this well, and then that no one took responsibility for what happened to their son. So, uh, a little bit of both, I'm sure. Is the answer so, to that so I mean, most people, I would think, 99 percent of the people on the planet would think this is just completely absurd that you would sue a coach because he told a kid to slide. But I'm guessing that their their suit was more than that. It was that you put a kid out there, a young 21 year old guy who had never coached before, and he's out there coaching my son, and that was a negligent, reckless thing to do. But we're going to have to blame him. But he shouldn't have been out there in the first place. Well, I mean, that's something that the father actually said in the interview. His point was that you know he's not the only. There are so many coaches out in in, in the state across the country. Uh, you know, that are social study teachers that aren't particularly trained in the sport that are there to collect the couple thousand bucks that, that come with setting yeah. up schedules and driving on the bus. And, and he's right. <laughs> There's no, you know, I'm not kidding. He's, he's absolutely true. And I think that's one element of the story that, you know, that resonated with people that, you know, there are a lot of coaches who don't have the type of top level training at the high school level. But that said, even if he was, you know, the uh, untrained lout that he was portrayed as, which I don't think he was, even if he was, uh, telling the kid to slide is not a reckless act. <laughs> and, and there was a time, you say, when you were watching this, I'm guessing that when it started, you may have figured this this has no chance of winning, and then you say you changed your mind as uh, as it went on? Yeah, I, I just, you know, and there was a moment where it was clear that these two attorneys were so they were excellent, and I, I can't say that enough people like, well, well, these ambulance chases, like, no, they're not. Uh, and, you know, there was a moment that they got the uh, the testimony of, 
one of the defense witnesses, an umpire, uh, who witnessed it, they got his testimony stricken from the record entirely uh, because he, you know, admitted, they got him to admit on the stand, on the stand, that he didn't actually see the play, <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> the umpire didn't and see I the mean, play. He, yeah. he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't see the end of the play. How did the play end? He was yeah. assuming what happened. Yeah. And the judge said, well, you can't be that, can't, you know, we have to stricken that part, strike that part of the of the testimony. When that happened, it just struck me like, oh my, wow, this uh this is this is going to be very interesting, uh, and it turned out you know it turned out they did get you know they got two based I talked to all the jurors most of the jurors and they did get two jurors at the end of the testimony to agree with them. Uh, now obviously they needed seven to to win the case and one eventually changed her mind and went with the uh, went with the plaintiff. Now you say her mind and I don't want to be a, a chauvinist or a sexist, but uh, what are the chances that she's never slid into a base in her life? Uh, you know, I don't know. What, I don't know, but I will say this: that during the during the uh, you know jury selection, which I sat through as well, it was basically impossible to find someone who didn't play competitive yeah. sports and suffer an injury uh-huh. or hadn't coached it. I mean, the number of people and several several uh, you know said so that they did not think they could did not did not think they could you know be objective in this case and were dismissed because of that so yeah. uh you know i don't think any most of the most of the jurors had some sort of experience like it. so um um where you have only have a couple minutes left here what as a sports writer and i've covered sports for a long time um what what did you think the ramifications were going to be if this if this uh, guy john sook had been found i don't know uh, negligent or reckless and what would that? What would the be? What the, would the ramifications be? Not only for youth sports, for just sports in general. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the coach said it best. He, he he said that it could be it could lead to the end of high school sports, and I said it's a bit hyperbolic. I get it, uh, but uh, it, it's not too far from the truth. I mean, who you know, if this is something that became a trend, who would want to coach? And beyond that, I mean, who would want to? Who what school would want to have the liability costs? you know, the insurance cost to, to cover it. So, I mean, you know, certainly if, you know, if this, if this became the new, you know, the precedent in the state and suddenly uh, this case was held up that way, then, yeah, I think it would have had a long-lasting impact. Well, I mean, if you, if you carry this thing out to total absurdity, and it may not even be that absurd, uh, you could have a, a coach sued because the quarterback suffered a serious injury because uh, he had him drop back the pass too many times, and the offensive line wasn't very good, and it should have been obvious that he was under, you know, a, a lot of uh, pressure from the defensive line, and it was only a matter of time that he got hurt. I mean, you you could apply this to any sport. That's absolutely true. Absolutely. And and uh, I mean, I, I just it's it's amazing. So uh, is uh, John Sook back coaching? Yeah, he is. He he he. You know, he told his mother that. At one point during the ordeal, that he was done, but you know, uh, uh, he he decided to keep doing it. He he's still he's still riding buses. He still loves sports, baseball, football. Uh, yeah, and this uh, certainly is a story he's told to a bunch of his peers over the years. And is the is the case closed? The case is closed. Correct. I mean, there's not going to be any appeal or anything like that. No, sir. Nope. And how much publicity did this get? In at least in the neighborhood where it was taking place up there. You know, it's funny. I got a lot of publicity when the, like as I mentioned, the case was going out and then it restored. Yeah. There it, it was a headline that got a lot of play just because of the, obviously the, you know, the, the what? Wait, what happened to Kid Guy? So super, you know, yeah. that 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 took off then. But when the case, you know, the case was just kind of quietly went through the system, and like I like I mentioned until you know that that I was the only one who kind of picked up on it because I. I just was very curious when I when I saw the initial story about it, and I wanted to see what happened at the end of it. Yeah, well, Steve, uh, the headline is of the piece at NJ dot com is he told a kid to slide. Period. Then he got sued. That sums it up pretty well. It's it's a crazy story. Really, really good piece. That was one of the best sports pieces I've read in a long time. Well written, and uh, everybody should go find it and read it. I appreciate it, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, that's Steve Politti, and it's at nj.com, and uh, just look it up. Just Google, uh, he told a kid to slide, then he got sued. You'll find it. Read the story. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. We'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The first day of House impeachment hearings has ended with two witnesses testifying. Acting U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, William Taylor, and Deputy Assistant Secretary at the State Department, George Kent. Taylor says his staff told him about a July call they overheard where President Trump asked about the investigations. A member of my staff could hear President Trump on the phone asking Ambassador Sondland about the investigations. Ambassador Sondland told President Trump the Ukrainians were ready to move forward. But GOP Congressman John Ratcliffe questioned whether the two witnesses saw or heard firsthand anything impeachable. Where is the impeachable offense in that call? Are either of you here today to assert there was an impeachable offense in that call? Shout it out. Anyone? On Wall Street, the Dow up by 92 points. The Nasdaq dropped four. The S&P advanced two. This is SRN News. Are you tired of owing back taxes to the IRS or state and need relief? New guidelines in tax reform have increased the success of the Fresh Start Initiative programs, but this won't last long. The tax problem solvers have set up a direct line for a free qualification. Call 1-800-928-7418. Put this number in your cell phone. 1-800-928-7418. You'll be given the opportunity to speak to tax experts that will analyze your tax situation and explain how you can reduce and even eliminate the debt. Ignoring the IRS is not an option, and doing so puts you at greater risk of collection enforcement, such as wage garnishments, liens, and bank levies. If you're currently on a payment plan, have unfiled tax returns, or have been denied in the past, new guideline changes may make it possible to qualify now. Make sure to ask us about our free six-step guide to reduce your taxes. Call 1-800-928-7418. Again, that's 1-800-928-7418. Mike Gallagher explains why Washington doesn't like the president. It's way beyond just personality and tweets and temperament. No, 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 no. This is the one guy who has successfully taken on the machine. The deep state is just on fire. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Some window replacement companies offer only one window model that might not meet your taste or budget. At Pella, we determine which window or door style will give you the features you want in three types of materials. Pella has blinds between the glass, innovative screening options, and lots more. Don't settle for a one-window model choice that really is no choice at all. Right now, save $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Call 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Governor Tom Wolf's plan for Pennsylvania to join the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative passes neither the sniff test nor basic fact-checking. Analysis by the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy concludes the desire to join what is known as REGI is more about extracting a carbon tax than anything to do with the environment. Learn more about this dubious plan at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional public policy thinking has been challenged every day since 1995. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Shilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. All month long, the team at Calusi is having a Black Friday sales event. So right now, you could qualify for 0% APR financing for up to 72 months, plus a $750 down payment assistance on select 2020 Chevy Equinox LS. Inventory is limited, so hurry in now. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Got a closure 5th Avenue in the Oakland section between Devonshire Street and Moorwood Avenue. Meanwhile, sinkhole repair continues to shut down 10th Street downtown between Liberty and Penn Avenues. Heavy ride on the southbound Highland Park Bridge. And we've also got an accident on southbound 79 near 910. On the Parkway West, it is a heavy ride on the inbound side, stacking up Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Mostly cloudy and cold tonight with a low of 22 degrees. Tomorrow we'll start the day off with clouds. Then we'll see some intervals of sunshine for the afternoon. Not quite as cold for the afternoon hours, but still running well below average with a high tomorrow of 43. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 23 degrees. Friday we'll have sunshine along with some patchy clouds, high 41 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, so far, we've done a really good job, I think, of not regurgitating the impeachment vomit from today. Uh, you can catch the highlights tonight on TV, and you can predict what the uh, right now what the reaction will be everywhere but on Fox. It was a terrible day for Donald Trump. You can also predict how the feminists will react. It was a terrible day for Donald Trump. Which brings me to the piece I saw at The Federalist yesterday with this headline, Four Feminist Lies That Are Making Women Miserable. Suzanne Vanker, who happens to also be a relationship coach, wrote the piece at The Federalist, and she joins us now. Suzanne, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So before we get to the four lies, do you think Donald Trump is still making feminists miserable? Actually, it's kind of interesting that you asked that. I was talking with someone about that recently. I think he's put feminism at the forefront for the last several years in a way that it never has been before. Uh, Just because you... of the kind of man he is. And so they love to, I mean, it's, it's you know, he supposedly embodies everything feminists say men, horrible men are. You know, right. So it's. He's sort of fodder for them. So <laughs> this is nothing new to them. They they just don't like him, and there's nothing he he could he could he could discover a cure for cancer tomorrow, and they they're not going to like him. They just he's, he's oh absolutely it. yeah absolutely. So let's go through the lies, uh, and you say they in your piece that they are in, um, in no particular order. So let's start with this one: women don't need men. Right. So that one, of course, was. Uh, uh, begun in the 1960s with Gloria Steinem using that phrase, uh, you know, a man, I'll say a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And that uh, over time certainly took hold. And when women started to really move into the workplace and make their own money and then the birth, and use the birth control, control pill simultaneously, all of a sudden they thought, well, hmm, maybe, maybe we, we are quote unquote equal and we don't really need a man at all because we could just live our own lives and that sort of without them. And so that over time, um, as we got more and more left, as we moved more and more left, I should say, over these past few decades, the whole concept of needing a man at all is just, it, it's just, it's, it's optional, you know, even if you want to have children and we no longer, that doesn't raise eyebrows anymore the way it obviously would have in the past. Right. And, uh, you know, I always think of uh, the fact that you don't see too many, uh, stories or protests from women who are upset that there's a large disparity between the number of male coal miners and female coal miners. You don't, um, no, or, or or you know or you know any number of um, sewer workers, that just yeah. truck, truck drivers, or yeah. or you know whatever whatever is male dominated. If it's dangerous, they're good with that. Yeah, yeah, right. You never heard it in reverse. And you yeah. say you say most women are biologically wired to depend on men. Now, I know that's not going to go over too well with feminists, but you make a good case for that too. Yeah. So you know, interestingly enough, we just had several weeks ago a new finding that showed that women now today, despite being economically independent themselves, are having trouble finding economically. Um, what was the phrase? Now I'm blanking on the actual phrase, but uh, basically men to marry, men who are competent and employed. They can't find men to marry who 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 have money and who make money, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so and so that goes to a very obvious biological difference between men and women, which is that women know that instinctively they become vulnerable when they become pregnant. And most women do want to marry and have children, even today. And when they do, they know they're going to need a man at least for a short period of time, if only that, to be able to care for their babies. So it's instinctive in them to look for a man who's competent and capable of um, financial fi- holding his own financially. And so we didn't think this through very well when we pumped up women to just become successful, independent, and powerful all by themselves. Well, that may look fine before you have children, but once you want to get married and have children, then all of a sudden things look a little different. Yeah, and they, um, you know, men don't have that issue because men have to go along on the presumption that 
uh, they aren't going to get a woman unless they can prove that they can uh, support one right. financially yeah. when she gets pregnant. Correct. And so what happens is is that this is called hypogamy for women. They are looking for men who are equally or greater in status than they. And what's happening is women are getting, as they age, and let's say 10 years go by between 22 and 32, their sexual market value goes down and men's men's will rise. Because what women look for and what men look for in a mate when it comes to settling down are two very different things. And they're not women aren't taught this, so it's not until they get to their 30s where they look around and say, where have all the good men gone? Well, they're looking for a different kind of woman, perhaps, and they will marry down in terms of age, and they don't care about women's status. So the, the playing field just isn't level on that with respect to that. And, and how about this one? Uh, men and women are the same, or gender is a social construct. That's a, that's a relatively new one. That is, and of course, although it was really at the and it too got started in the 60s, but it just wasn't phrased in such a way. But mm-hmm. now it's, they're very open about it. This idea that men and women are effectively interchangeable, that the only reason they act as they do is because of the way they're raised, and society makes them that way. So there's no acknowledgement whatsoever of the vast differences between men and women biologically that make them choose different things, make them desire different things, and hence they go into these different roles, even though we've changed up those roles a lot, some things don't change because human nature doesn't change. So even though we, quote-unquote, progress as a society, we have to figure out a way to marry that progress with the biological reality of our human desires. Yeah, and, and there seems to be a little bit of a movement uh, in the opposite direction because some feminists seem to be coming around to the idea that it's kind of anti-women to say that men and women are the same and that a woman can become a man or a man can become a woman or a man can get pregnant. I mean, you hear that all the time. Well, when it comes to the transgender issue, I think actually feminist theory is all going to blow up in its own face (laughs) because it doesn't, uh, it it completely defies their argument, which is that if people, people who are gay or transgender are made that way, right? Right. Well, then, then you're proving my point that biologically it's the way we are. So take take your pick. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, and and um, I mean, it's even gotten to the point where I, I just saw a uh, a video that was uh, on Twitter or someplace yesterday where it was a couple of women speaking to a bunch of young kids. I mean, little kids. Um, oh, you know, I saw it. I know. Yes. Yeah, and they and they they were talking about how there's. Uh, there's really no difference between boys and girls, and it's all oh. in your head. And, and, and this isn't just something that you're seeing uh, being spouted by feminists or in feminist uh, publications or videos. It's in the schools. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. It's mainstreamed. So feminism, I guess you could call it, feminism has gone mainstream. You know, back in the day, it was an actual movement of these you know, certain groups of people. But now it has been mainstream. So people, that's why people don't even worry about the word anymore. They don't think about the word, or if they bring it up, they think they're not a feminist. But you're getting schooled in that ideology every single day through your schools from the time kids are little. And it's 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 a disaster because it's their lives. Yeah. And and they are I mean they're they don't even know the difference between the sexes uh at that no. age. And you're giving them a you're giving them their, their first lesson in it, at, you know, at the age of five, six, seven years old, and then they have they have the rest of their time going into puberty and beyond to uh, figure out a way to um, disprove all that or, or overcome I it. I think that it's actually going. I'm hoping that this insanity of going this far, which I mean, I consider that child abuse. So sure. I, I'm hoping that people look at that and say, "Oh, maybe feminism isn't such a good thing," and they start to realize how this really began and how crazy it is. Well, we're talking to Susan Venker. She's an author, a columnist at The Federalist, and a, and a relationship coach, and the author of a book, Women Who Win at Love, How to Build a Relationship That Lasts. Um, now, the idea of women pursuing sex the same way as uh, men have and do um, has worked out pretty well for men. I mean, uh, my, my generation somehow missed out on that. But uh, it's not working out so well for women, is it? 
it's a complete and utter disaster. And you can, we can see that today with this so-called campus rape culture. That's what we're basically dealing with. After decades of telling women that they can go out and have sex like a man, no problem. They can detach sex and emotion just like a man can. And they go out and try it and realize mm, they can't, um, but they don't understand why, because... Those are the biological differences between men and women. Women's bodies are doused in oxytocin and cause you to attach whether you want to or not. And so by trying to ignore that, they're getting burned and realizing that, wow, oh, I, I really, I, you know, having feelings for somebody after sleeping with them is an actual thing. And this is caused both in the workplace and in, on, campus, on campuses just mayhem. Yeah, and and uh, mothers used to warn their daughters about that and and say that you can, you can't be like a guy, and there has to be some um, you, you can't just jump into bed with whoever you feel like jumping into bed with. What what are feminists telling their daughters these days about that? Oh, I don't even want to think about that. I don't. Well, first of all, you know, a lot of feminists don't even have children. Let's start with that. You know, a good number of them. The ones that do. Um, uh, that's a really good question, and I would think that they're probably telling them that, that they can do... The, you know, it goes back to the same overarching message of you can do and think and believe whatever you think is right, mm-hmm. but there's never any boundaries. There's never any parameters for anything, and there's never any education on how men and women are different in the way they think, the way they behave, what they look for. There's none of that, so it's just... Do what feels right. Do what feels good, because that's somehow supposed to be empowering. Wow. So, uh, and now, not a number three on the uh, the four lies that uh, have ruined, have made women miserable. Uh, the biological clock isn't real. You touched on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so I quoted there the most recent stats from this Jillian Lockwood, who said that the ideal age, she's a fertility specialist, the ideal age is actually, to get pregnant for a woman is actually 25, now, people don't want to hear that because they, you know, they freak out when they hear these things. But we cannot ignore facts because they're uncomfortable. The reality is that is when your body wants to do it. So somewhere between 25 and 35 is when you'll, as a woman, and people know this instinctively, even without the science, I think, um, is, when, is when you're going to be the most fertile. So anything over that, you're going to start to struggle. So... The idea that you can just forget about marriage and motherhood and just think about it way in the future, which is what a twenty, you know, the average twenty-two-year-old is taught, is is in in my opinion wrong because mm-hmm. it's going to end up for many of them um, kind of disastrous, and it has, it has. Yeah, and this isn't a social um, idea or a social um, theory. It's. Bio, right. but it's biology that if you if you have a better chance of getting pregnant at 25 than you do at 37. And so one of the things I tell young women is that look, you're not equal to men because of this. They can wait longer. That that's just the way it is. You know, don't don't look at me. I'm I'm just a messenger. Right. And so you you cannot map out your life the same way a man does. You have this other thing to consider, and that's okay. Just work within the those boundaries. Just don't assume that you can you know, pursue careers and just your overall life plan in the same way a man can. You've got to do it differently. And uh, we have about two minutes left, so uh, let's get to number four here. That is a career is more meaningful than marriage and children. Yeah, so I call that just the biggest lie of all, that the career success is somehow more fulfilling than having a happy, healthy family, marriage and family life. And that, that's just been completely tragic. And um, people are learning now that that, that just that whole value shift is just a dead end road. You're never going to feel about at work the way you could possibly feel about your relationships at home when they're healthy and good. And so why are we not teaching young women, helping them focus on relationship on the relationships in their lives and on relationship education? Since that's going to be the most significant thing in their life at the end of the day. And isn't that based on the, the uh, misconception that uh, work is fun <laughs> And the jobs are fun. I mean, some people have jobs that are fun, but, you know, you can look at the the main arteries in the cities all over the country and see people sitting in rush hour traffic going to jobs that they hate, and a lot of them are women. And, you know, even the most exciting job in the world 
give it 20 years, it's just work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, all, we all find that out. So real quick, what's the solution for women uh, that, uh, that gets around these four lies? The solution for women is to plan ahead, think ahead when you're mapping out your life, and to, um, do, to marry smart. That's a really big one. It's mm-hmm. marry well, marry smart. Well, I don't mean money-wise. I mean smart, right. like, right, okay. Um, and to um, not make, this is a biggie, not make financial decisions prior to having kids that lock you into always needing two incomes. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, Why does okay. that happen and a lot? Yeah, that happens a lot. And then to choose a flexible profession. I think that's just such an important one, one that can be done part-time, one you can move in and out of over the course of your life, one you can do from home, something that is just not so demanding so that you have those options down the road. Well, I'm out of time, except the one thing I want to really quickly make, and I've talked about this a lot, is that um, the idea that that women have to work or both parents have to work in order to survive, so often that is not about surviving. It's about living in neighborhood A instead of neighborhood B, because no you, you, uh, you, you make the choice to live in a nicer house and drive a nicer car and put your kid in the daycare center. No question. And the, the, the amount of money that you can save by doing the work yourself and living simply, especially in those early years, in those early five years, you can absolutely make that work by living very simply and doing the work yourself that you would otherwise outsource. It doesn't come out in the wash unless you're both making very, very high incomes. Suzanne Venker, uh, you're a relationship uh, uh, coach, and you did some coaching here today. Thanks. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Susan Venker of The Federalist, and we'll be right back. living in a very successful, affluent society for many people, yet it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired to work with uh, UPMC or Google or or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. You started your business with nothing but a great big idea. They told you it couldn't be done, but that just made you work harder to prove them wrong. Now look at you, ready to take on the world. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South gets where you're coming from. When they said they wanted to create great big graphics for great big ideas like yours in less time than anyone else, they were told it couldn't be done. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South just smiled and said, oh yeah, watch us. When you need a large format printing partner who can provide high quality visual graphics in stunning detail, from trade show displays to outdoor signs, 3M brand vehicle wrap for your fleet, to window graphics, banners, and decals. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South can handle most jobs in two days or less and can roll with last-minute change-ups without breaking a sweat. Who says it can't be done? For a free quote, visit speedpropghsouth.com. Do you want to get rid of your expensive landline, save money, but keep your important home telephone number? Then OurOldNumber.com has the perfect solution. OurOldNumber.com allows you to keep your home phone number and cancel that expensive landline connection. With OurOldNumber.com, calls from family and friends to your home phone number are answered by a personal greeting from you. The caller selects which family member they want to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded to that family member's cell phone. Your important home phone number is still your number. It's still in directory assistance, and no matter where you happen to be, you'll never miss a call. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. There are no long-term contracts, and it's only $9.99 per month. Best of all, OurOldNumber.com eliminates those annoying sales calls. Now, your home telephone number can be as mobile as you and your family are with OurOldNumber.com. 
Visit OurOldNumber.com to learn more and get started today. OurOldNumber.com Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Not only do we have great grills, but also the best hot patio heaters. We are the nationwide distributor for Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters, the very best patio heater that you can get. The Bromic heaters use the same radiant burner technology as our Solaire Infrared Grills, so they heat up fast and keep you warm so you can enjoy your backyard grill and outdoor living spaces into the night and all year round. Bromic heaters have stylish contemporary designs that fit perfectly in backyard and restaurant patios. We have gas and electric models to suit most installation needs and a portable gas heater that directs the heat where you want it, not the bushes and walls like the mushroom heaters. For top quality performance and aesthetics, you want Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters and Solaire Infrared Grills. Learn about these amazing grills and heaters at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Hey, I just want to do a quick update here. A couple of days ago, we had someone on talking about the uh, the Allegheny County Council's plan to uh, pass a, a bill that would make it not uh, illegal to uh, counsel kids about changing their sexual attraction or uh, transgender. And I just want to let you know that the best way to contact Allegheny Council members, if you're interested in this, uh, is just uh, Google Allegheny County Council members. That'll take you right to a page with all the council members' names and uh, and the way to email them. They need to email. Uh, they, you need to email the council members by noon on Wednesday when the Health and Human Services Subcommittee meets. Is that today? It might be too late. Uh, I don't. I think that's this t- today, not next Wednesday. But anyway, I meant to do that yesterday, and I apologize. But if you still want to email them, uh, maybe that hasn't passed yet. But uh, it's the Health and Human Services Subcommittee meets to discuss the bills. And uh, if that, sorry, I didn't get to that yesterday, but I got busy with something else, and I'm out of time right now. I, how much time we got, Aaron? We got 25 seconds. So uh, I'm happy to say that we spent. Very little time. The only person we heard from on impeachment was Al Green, who said, if you don't impeach this guy, he's going to get reelected. I don't know. For me, that kind of sums it up. That's why this is all a bunch of you-know-what. And we'll talk about something else, I hope, not too much about impeachment tomorrow. Thanks for uh, listening today. I'll see you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.